You're listening to the Keep Optimizing Podcast to increase your traffic, improve your conversion rates, and grow your profits. Hello and welcome. If you're looking to improve the performance and return on investment of your marketing, then you are in the right place. I'm Chloe Thomas, the host of this Marketing Focus podcast, and it's very, very cool to have you tuning in again. In today's episode, I'm talking to Sarah about Facebook and Instagram Q4 ad predictions, because this month we're all about online advertising. Over the summer, Nest did a huge research project to identify the key trends we're likely to see this coming Christmas season, Q4, in the Facebook and Instagram ad space. That research project has culminated in the report, Christmas 2020, Crunch Time for the Overcrowded E-Commerce Market. Sounds kind of scary, doesn't it? Well, Sarah's going to explain some of the key lessons from that report and how you can get your hands on a copy of it later. But for now, though, just enjoy your coffee run shower as we're about to bring you the key lessons from it, including lots of great ways to improve performance by getting your account structure right and your audience targeting sorted out. And whilst we're going to say Facebook a lot, we really mean the Facebook ad platform, which of course means that all of this works for Instagram ads too. We're just about to meet today's guest, but before we do, please do check out the sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for email and SMS messaging. Whether you're launching your e-commerce business or taking your brand to the next level, Klaviyo gives you the tools to get growing faster. That's why it's trusted by over 38,000 e-commerce brands. Build your contact lists and emails that pop and create marketing moments that build valuable customer relationships over any distance. Get started for free today. Visit klaviyo.com slash masterplan to create Create your free account. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. Today I'm chatting with online advertising expert Sarah Jeffreyon. Sarah is the head of delivery at Nest Performance, and for the last four years she's been deep, deep in the world of PPC, running ads across AdWords, Facebook, Instagram, and more. Hello, Sarah. Hello, Chloe. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to have you here, and I'm I'm really excited, um, as the listeners already know about the report we're going to be talking about. But before we get into that, how did you end up in this wonderful world of online advertising? Yeah, so I was in university. Um, it was the summer before my last year, and I ended up getting an internship at a digital agency. Um, and within that internship, I started running Facebook and Instagram campaigns, and I really like didn't know anything about ads. I kind of this was in 2016, so I was kind of not super familiar with Facebook ads. I remember my friends kind of talking about it and being annoyed about it, and then I ended up delivering them. <laughs> um, yeah, and so just during that internship, I really fell in love with. Facebook and Instagram and Google, and I ended up becoming a campaign manager there um, throughout my last year of university, which was a lot of work, but super rewarding. And I've been doing that ever since I graduated. Wow. You, so you got the bug so much that you were like, well, I'm going to carry on working whilst I finish my degree. Yeah, it was, it was great because when you're studying marketing, you kind of, there's so many things you can do with that degree. And I had absolutely no idea what I was going to do with it. So I knew once I found something that I really enjoyed, I was like, what, what could be better than working in a field that you studied in and then doing a job that you genuinely 
enjoy doing. So it was kind of the best of both worlds. Very nice. And now you're you're using those skills um, at Nest. And you guys, your, you and your team have created the most amazing report, uh, Christmas 2020 crunch time for the overcrowded e-commerce market. So obviously this, we're going into a Q4. We are in a Q4 that is unlike any other. Um, what, because you in the report, you've, you've identified quite a few kind of big themes that are going on. So what are the, the really big themes that, that are having the biggest impacts on our search at, or sorry, on our advertising activity? Yeah, so obviously at the start of lockdown in, in March, we we noticed some huge trends across all of our clients. So immediately all of the CPMs declined, click-through rates declined, AOVs declined, and we kind of had to get together and be like, what can we do about this? Um, so we worked together as a team to kind of develop strategy that would help us overcome all of these metrics kind of falling and improving performance. Um, but kind of as you know, the months went on, we thought it was really important to take a step back and look at how these trends have affected all of our clients over the course of a couple of months and how we can use this data to better strategize for the future. So what have we learned? What historically has happened that has never happened before? What have we implemented that's worked? And what can we like how can we use this information to predict what's going to happen in Q4 based on what we already know tends to happen in Q4 anyway. So I think it's been such a strange time like it's been impossible to predict the future right like we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow and in marketing it was always quite easy to kind of look at historical trends and say okay we know in Q4 it's going to get more expensive it's going to get more competitive but I think what's really interesting about this year is so much has happened in the last couple of months with lockdown and businesses kind of changing how they've worked um, the the view of, of Black Friday paints a very different picture this year than it has the year before. So we thought it was really important to prepare our clients and prepare people in the industry for what we think could happen and, and how to overcome that. And what are the key things you think are going to happen this Q4? I mean, I'm guessing that uh, cost per click is not going to remain down and the average order values are going to go up again? So it really depends on lockdown. So as you know, lots of countries are kind of experiencing lockdown to different degrees. Some aren't in lockdown anymore and some are getting a little bit more strict. So what we've done is we've come up with two scenarios to predict what will happen to these metrics. So the first scenario is a return to lockdown. Now, if we do return to lockdown, based on the data that we have from the start of the year when we were in lockdown, we can say that CPMs will likely decline. So they won't decline to the level that we had in March, um, but they will likely decline due to people kind of pulling out of advertising. We also know that click-through rates will likely decline as well. So if we return to lockdown, people will not be working as much. People will not have such a need for certain products, um, so they won't be clicking on the ads as much. We will also see likely a drop in AOV again. Um, this is due to companies 
probably having an oversupply of stock that they haven't been able to sell in the stores. If we, you know, go back into lockdown, these stores will close. Um, so they will have to kind of find a way to get rid of this stock. And the, the easiest way to do that will be likely to put it on promotion, which will just decrease AOVs in general. Um, there will also you know, with the effects of the recession being fewer people wanting to buy such large quantities of items, which will also um, lead to a decline in AOVs. It's interesting that AOV piece, isn't it? Because we've kind of got two factors. One, we've got, uh, you know, more people being out of work and the recession, all that, and then the, the general down world, uh, you know, unhappiness in the news that makes people want to just hold on to their cash and not spend it. But we've also got as you said, that that element of so many stores having so much stock left, they need to clear. I think um, the day we're recording this, the U- UK, one of the UK's uh, largest fashion retailers, Next, have announced their thirty percent sales were thirty percent down this year. Yeah, which is just slightly mind-boggling. You know, that's a couple of warehouses worth of stuff if they couldn't cancel it that they're going to be looking to shift as we go through the rest of the year. So it's um, huge, huge factors in play here. Totally. And and there's two elements to, to stock, right? So there are some people that had to buy the stock for the rest of the year right when lockdown hit. Um, so can, you can imagine how difficult that must have been kind of to predict, do we buy stock as we normally would? Do we not buy enough stock or, or what should we do? And, and there have definitely been instances where people have had to reduce the amount of stock that they, they order they ended up thriving during this time and and it was kind of bittersweet because they just they wanted to sell more but they couldn't because they didn't order enough stock yeah. or a bit more um, it's such a frustrating situation for a marketer it's like we've got so many people ordering our product but we don't have any product no, i'm in that position right now and they can only you know reorder the stock next year so um but yeah i think this um this shift to to kind of relying on online to get rid of the stock if the stores are closed will will have a massive impact on competition. Um, you might have huge wholesalers um, with t- lots of spend, lots of budget that they can they can plug into Facebook. That would mean um, you, they'd be buying up a lot of space on the platform that would outprice a lot of smaller businesses or, or things like that. So. So that's our, our, what we think is going to happen if lockdown comes back. And so there was a second scenario you guys have planned. So what's our, what's our scenario two? Yes, the scenario two is lockdown continues to be eased. Um, so if that happens um, and we're not forced to, to stay at home as much, um, CPNs will start to rise again. So this is natural in Q4. You know, it's the best time of year for e-com. Everyone wants to buy. It's a gift buying season. Um, you know the change in change in weather. Um, so we do expect you know lots of competition on the platform, which will just increase the cost. Also, it's important to note that Amazon Prime Day, which tends to happen in the summer, is now happening in October. Um, so the reason why this has affected so many other businesses is that it gets the promotion mindset kind of starting early, starting a lot earlier than Black Friday. I think also, you know, as we know from March, 
you would order things online, but it might take a little bit longer to receive these products because you don't know what's happening logistically. Um, there are so many people ordering online that it kind of puts a lot of pressure on the postal system, for instance. Um, so I think you know, getting in that mindset of promotion happening early kind of puts you also in the mindset of, oh, I should probably be buying gifts earlier as well to make sure that I get them on time. So the CPMs will likely rise sooner um, than we would normally expect. Normally, we'd expect that big spike to happen towards the end of October and definitely November and things like that. But but we're expecting it as this is going live mid-October. It's happening now is what we think is probably happening. Yeah. Um, anything else we should know about um, scenario two before we go into, listeners, you'll be glad to know, some practical things you can do to ride these uh, these fluctuating times. Yeah, so I think if you know lockdown continues to be eased and, and we see a bit more competition on the platform and we see CPMs rising, I do think there can be a lot of success to be had. And I think the ones that will succeed the most are advanced marketers that have well-optimized setups, strong monetization metrics such as retention and repeat rate, and are able to kind of use this to their advantage to remain competitive. So even if you do get someone else coming into the marketplace that has an oversupply of stock or has lots of money to spend, you're in a very strong position where you can remain competitive. So let's let's dive into a couple of those then. So you said about um, well-optimized setups. I mean, this is the Keep Optimizing podcast. We talk about optimizing a lot as a word. But in the in, when you're talking about well-optimized setups, in, and well, let's focus in on Facebook ads and Instagram ads here. What 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 should we be doing? What can we do now to to tidy it all up? Yeah. So in my experience, top direct response advertisers all have something in common. So they're all leveraging a very specific set of automated tools that Facebook offers, and they have a significant impact on performance. And the reason why these tools work is because they give the algorithm enough flexibility to gain better data insights, which equals to more efficient spend and results. So if you're giving the algorithm enough data, then that means that the money that you're putting out there is being spent in the right places and you're not in a position of volatile activity because the algorithm doesn't understand exactly what you're looking for and is having a hard time finding that. So I'll take you through these tools now. Um, so the first one is account structure. So something that I see all the time is lots and lots and lots of campaigns live lots of audiences live, lots of creative live. And what ends up happening is all of these campaigns end up fighting against each other. They're all basically targeting the same audience to some capacity. And you're segmenting your budget across way too many campaigns, ad sets, audiences. Um, so I think the first thing that you should be doing when you're looking at your ad account is how can I consolidate things and, and make it so that I have fewer campaigns so it's a lot easier for me to understand which ones are actually working, but also giving Facebook a lot more data to work with in one single campaign. I think a lot of people underestimate how account structure can really mess up your performance later on down the line. Um, but the worst thing that you could be doing is just competing with yourself. So when you have too much stuff live, that inherently is what happens. I love that as a, as a piece of advice. One, obviously, because it's true, but, uh, but also because it's one of those pieces of advice which actually makes our lives 
easier. Exactly. So making our reducing our workload and giving ourselves less to do improves the performance. It's like yay. Yeah. <laughs> and that like leads like nicely into the next point which is campaign budget optimization. So, you know, before Facebook had it so you had to set budgets for each audience that you're targeting and you had to decide how much you wanted to spend on that audience in a day. And Facebook would spend that audience and you would have to check in all the time to make sure, is this audience the right audience I should be spending money on? Should I be spending it somewhere else? And it became such a headache and it took up so much time. And sometimes you would make the wrong decision and and that affects performance so much. So having fewer campaigns allows you to use campaign budget optimization a lot more efficiently. So you're telling Facebook, okay, within this campaign, I want to spend a thousand. And Facebook will look at your audiences within that campaign. And in real time, it's working for you 24-7. It knows. It knows so much better than we do. I hate to admit it, but it's true. Um, It knows, okay, I know someone in this audience wants this product, so I'm just going to spend a bit more here. And it's just working for you. So especially during Q4, why would you want to spend all of your time changing budgets within each audience and you know taking a risk with manual intervention when you can just be setting one big budget and then allow Facebook to kind of deliver that audience and that product um, when it makes the most sense. Especially when in this world of e-commerce a lot of people are placing their orders in the evenings or on the weekends where most of us aren't working. So, you know, you can kind of, you're almost hiring Facebook to work for you on the weekends and optimize your campaigns on the weekends for you when you're going off and doing something else. Exactly. And I've definitely been in that position where I've been working like Sunday night um, because you have to, Um, you know, so don't be Sarah from 2017. Um, Use campaign budget optimization and you'll be a lot less stressed. And I think you know, that also leads into my next point, which is automatic placements. So this is when you're telling Facebook that you're happy for it to deliver your ad on any placement within the Facebook family. So that could be Instagram stories, Instagram newsfeed, Facebook newsfeed, Facebook right-hand column. I think a lot of the times advertisers are kind of hesitant to use automatic placements because they're not so um, excited about how the creative looks. They kind of underestimate a lot of placements and and assume that their like target audience wouldn't be on Messenger, for instance. But I think the beauty of things, these automated tools that Facebook has developed is it's purely based on data and intent. So if you have them open to everyone, then Facebook will quickly understand where your audience is most active. And that could be always on the Instagram feed, but you will get a few people that will convert on messenger stories. And that means that Facebook isn't spending too much money there, but it's confident when it does spend money there that it will get a conversion. Um, so I would say don't be too picky about your placements and, and Facebook has made it very easy to update the creative within that placement so that it's all kind of seamless across the Facebook family. So, and lastly, like these tools kind of decrease your advertising costs. You know, you're giving Facebook that flexibility to kind of try placements, spend the budget where it needs to, and that will just 
reduce the restrictions. And when you have two niche targeting, two niche restrictions on your campaigns, it makes it too expensive. So in a period when it's already expensive, leverage tools that will decrease your advertising costs. So Sarah, is what we're basically saying here is that Facebook is better able, the Facebook algorithm is better than us and can make better decisions than us. And so therefore we need to give it enough space to be able to do a great job for us. We need to give it a, a massive audience so as it can, um, a massive audience isn't conflicting with another audience, so as it can identify the right people in there and the algorithm's got enough data to play with. We need to give it um, flexibility on where to put the ads so as it can put them in the right places for us. We need to give it flexibility on which smaller part, part of our activity the money gets spent on so as it's putting the money in the right places at the right time. Totally. And if you have these set up and you leave them on and you let Facebook kind of do its thing over time, these campaigns have so much history and so much data attached to them. You know, it's using all of that historical data to its advantage. So, you know, I think it's just, it's a no brainer for me anyway. And I think you can put your spin on things later on in terms of the audiences that you choose, the strategies that you choose, how you set up your product catalog, what creative you have live. So there's a lot of manual intervention anyway. So I think where you can use some automated um, tools on Facebook, you should be leveraging them. And you mentioned there about keeping things on for a long time. So the learnings get held in that that ad set, that um, that campaign. So reading between the lines here, um, would I be right in saying that if we have uh, as an audience which is targeting, I don't know, let's just say for simplicity's sake, lookalikes of our buyer list. Mm-hmm. So a pretty standard e-commerce audience, uh, not particularly segmented, but we're just going to go big here. And if we've got, got a campaign that targets them that... Uh, back in August, was showing them pictures of barbecues and um, a garden furniture. For those of us in the Northern Hemisphere, obviously not in the Southern Hemisphere, for those of us in the Northern Hemisphere, and we're coming into Christmas, we should change the creative in that ad to be for the Christmas activity rather than turn it off and create a new campaign to the same audience with different products. Would that be the right thing to do? Absolutely. So... Your campaigns and audiences will always be in a learning phase. So that learning phase is essentially Facebook kind of takes note of the changes that you've made. And it says, okay, give me seven days to learn who is going to convert with these targeting settings. Now, once you're out of the learning phase, the only way you kind of go back into the learning phase is if you make a huge change. So one of those changes can be changing creative, right? Mm-hmm. Just because you're back in the learning phase because you've completely changed the creative doesn't mean it's forgotten everything that it's learned. It just has to take on board something new to add to the mix. If you decide to turn off the campaign and start fresh every single time you want to change creative, you're never holding on to the old learnings. It's gone. It, so all of that money that you spent to get data to make Facebook more efficient, it's just gone. And you might have to start again and it might work for a little bit, but then you're going to see that the performance might decline because you need to maybe change the creative or try a new audience. But then if you start again, then you're always in this cycle and you don't know what's worked and what hasn't because 
you're always starting fresh. Um, so definitely number one tip is leave your campaigns on, leave your audiences on. And yeah, like it's just that data is so important. And that's so many times I see people just disregarding it. They delete it. They start again and it's just wasted. Yeah, I can hear the frustration in your voice there. It's like, oh, why do they do this? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and then I guess from the from the kind of the almost the complete opposite angle of person using Facebook ads, if someone out there now has start Facebook ads on their list for Q4 and the first task on that list is install Pixel on website, so they've had nothing feeding into Facebook, is it still worth doing it or should they, should they have had that Pixel turned on back in the summer? In an ideal world, that Pixel should be turned on the second that you start your website, right? Um, even if you're not using it um, for a long time, all of that information is just fed into the pixel and makes everything so much more efficient. So never wait to install a pixel. I would say just have it on there, keep it on the back burner, and then use it when you're ready. But any opportunity you can use to gather data is a smart decision, and it should just be done as soon as possible. So if you're sitting there at home, or you're on your run and you're like, hmm, yeah, I should probably put that Facebook pixel on. I would urge you to run home and do that right now. <laughs> there we go, guys. Get out the bath. Get out the shower. <laughs> stop that run. Go home now. Pause this podcast. Go home now. Put your Facebook pixel in place if it's not already there. And then come back to hear the rest The rest of Sarah's great advice. But it, but if someone is in that position and you know, they're thinking, we're going to start our Facebook ads um, next week and we're going to put the pixel in place on Monday and then turn some ads on on Tuesday, would, is that still worth doing more so than sh- – should they bother doing any ads this year if that pixel isn't already in place? I think that's what I'm trying to ask. I mean, that's a really great question. I think turn on the pixel and, and you, you know, you won't know until you try, but I do want to say that Q4 in general is just a very expensive time. It's very competitive. And, you know, the getting delivery on Facebook takes time. It takes learning. It takes data. Um, so if you're in a position where you're just really excited to get the ads live, I would say take it with a pinch of salt. You might be at a loss, you know, you might not get the results that you're, you're hoping for from the get go. But if you have that live, the CPMs do drop a lot in January. A lot of people pull out spend in January and onwards. So at least you have like a starting place for that point, but do just keep in mind it is the hardest time of the year to try something new on Facebook. Um, So if you don't see the results that you're expecting right away, I think patience is key and, and do keep trying because it can work for everyone. So if they kind of turn it on and they're like, oh, this is hideous, we can't afford to do this. That doesn't mean the end of Facebook ads. It means just wait until January. Yes. Until the pixels learned something, until everyone stopped fighting over ad space and give it another go. Exactly. And for anyone anyone listening, um, again, kind of joining the dots between what we've been saying here, who's plotting a big Black Friday campaign, which they, they haven't yet set up the audiences for. They ought to set those audiences up today and um, 
put some kind of ad in front of them. So as Facebook starts learning, so their Black Friday, Cyber Monday's ready, that would be accurate as well. Totally. Yeah. You want to have as much data as possible on the audiences that you've, you want to target. And I'm sure that you've, you know, tried loads of audiences in the past that can give you cues in terms of what's going to work and what has worked. So leverage that data, like go back and see what's worked so you can iterate on what's worked instead of trying to reinvent the wheel and and start fresh. And so actually, um, if they've got lots of campaigns that are paused, going back and finding a campaign that's almost got the right audience in it and turning that on would be better than starting a new campaign anyway. Yeah, technically, yeah, that could be, yeah. Could be worth a go, people. Okay. <laughs> well, look, um, Sarah, you've given us some great insights on what's coming up in the next month or so, and also what we should do about it. I can see a lot of people going, oh God, the rest of my day is restructuring my Facebook activity. But that's a good thing, everybody, because if you didn't know that, your results this Q4 were going to be so much worse. Um, so we're now going to pause for a reminder of our sponsors, and then we're going to be talking about the wider world of online advertising. It's safe to say that most of us have been doing more shopping online lately. And if you're an e-commerce brand, that means you might be seeing more first-time customers. But once they've made that first purchase, how do you keep them coming back? Well, that's what Klaviyo is for. Klaviyo is the ultimate email and SMS marketing platform for e-commerce brands. It gives you the tools to build your contact lists, send memorable emails, automate key messages and more way, way more. Whether you're launching a new business or taking your brand to the next level, Klaviyo can help you get growing faster and it's free to get started. Visit klaviyo.com slash masterplan to create your free account. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. Okay, Sarah, so far we've gone deep into Facebook and Instagram Q4 ad predictions. Now you get to wow us with your insider knowledge about the whole of online advertising. So for the following questions, your answer can be anything to do with online advertising, which of course does include both Facebook and Instagram and what's coming up in the next couple of months. So Sarah, are you ready for these? Yeah, go for it. Cool. Okay. Let's start with online advertising newbie advice. If we've inspired someone to take their first step with online advertising, what do they need to know to give themselves the best chance of success? Oh, Chloe, so there's lots to know. But I think the the most important thing um, when you're starting on Facebook is having a clear target and strong creative. So, you know, you want to be able to work towards a CPA or ROAS or whatever target is most important to your business so that you understand which campaigns are working and which ones you can scale. But also to complement that, I think it's all well and good having you know, strong campaigns, strong audiences, but your creative is so important. And I think a lot of people underestimate how important it is. Um, And Facebook is such an interesting platform to try creative on. Um, So a lot of our clients try various concepts. And the reason why this is so important is that, you know, you never know what someone is going to resonate with. And I just think be like, have fun with your creative, but make sure you do make that a priority. Don't just kind of launch with, with a static image that doesn't say much about your brand and hope that that works. I think creative needs such a strong emphasis on Facebook and Instagram. Cool. Excellent advice. Okay. Uh, Now, once you've started, of course, you've got to keep optimizing. So what's your favorite way to improve online advertising performance? 
So this might be a little bit repetitive, but if your account structure um, is all well and good, I really think that the best way to improve performance is creative. Um, it's it's you know it can be a question of trying one new ad can take a campaign from zero to hero, um, and I think a lot of people don't understand how facebook really favors um advertisers that take into account the user value so essentially when you're in the auction facebook will evaluate how much value your creative is going to give to someone in the newsfeed you know they don't want the newsfeed to just be full of ads contrary to popular belief they want you <laughs> to be able to see organic posts and they want you to go back to the platforms so that you can connect with your friends and family and discover new things right so ads are kind of just meant to be there to like enhance the user experience and catch them in a space where they're ready to discover. If Facebook doesn't feel like your creative is giving that audience value, then you won't show up on the feed. And that means under delivery for your campaigns. And that leaves you in a position where you're not able to spend the budget on Facebook. You're not able to be competitive. And that's all because your creative didn't add value in the feed. So I definitely think that if you're seeing poor performance on the campaigns, don't start fresh. Don't start with a new strategy. Start with new creative concepts and see if that works. And then you can kind of scale from there. Love it. And I, I love the repetition. I always think it's good. It, it confirms you you really meant the other points when we when we repeat things on these answers. So I, I love a bit of repetition. Okay. It's impossible to improve our marketing unless we're monitoring the performance. But the list of stuff we could monitor can be overwhelming. So what for you is the number one online advertising KPI? So with our clients, their objective is always sales. Um, so if your objective is sales, then the number one KPI you should be looking at is CPA or ROAS. So in my opinion, you can get a lot of brand awareness from a sales campaign. I think a lot of people tend to launch brand awareness campaigns and then they monitor like click-through rates and things like that. You can get all of those benefits from having a sales campaign, um, but you definitely have to work towards a CPR ROAS. You know, you want to make sure that you're profitable, and that is the main KPI to look at to determine that. Love it. Okay, finally, the crystal ball time. What's coming up in the next six to twelve months that we should be getting ready for in online advertising? So Facebook is always changing and they're always coming up with new features. But I think something very interesting that's come out of all of this has been Facebook shops. So that was announced in May um, of this year. And I think it's just so important um, for Facebook to have a frictionless storefront. It makes so much sense. You know, we're always on Facebook or Instagram and to be able to shop from that platform We'll just make sure that, you know, conversion rates increase. You you kind of reduce the amount of steps you need to get onto a website and then deal with all of the website. Um, you know, that's such a big thing, conversion rates on websites, right? And some of them aren't optimized for mobile. Um, so I think Facebook Shops is, is an amazing initiative that Facebook have developed. And um, yeah, I definitely think that that's something that all advertisers and, and clients should look into and, um stay ahead of the curve because eventually down the line will be some really cool ways to discover these shops with new ad formats and things like that. So that's definitely one to watch. 
Excellent. Well, Sarah, we are very nearly at the end of the show. So could you please let the listeners know where they can find you, um, your business and that amazing report, uh, please? Yeah. So if you go to nestperformance.com, you can download the white paper that we discussed today. You can also check out all of our case studies and we have some pretty cool little calculators on there as well that you can download that can help you kind of um, determine what your goal should be. Um, You can also find us on LinkedIn and you can find me on LinkedIn as well. I'd love to connect with you. um, And yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Sarah. Well, we will put links to all of that in the show notes uh, to make it really easy for people to find them. So some great resources, it sounds like, to go and get get checked out. Well, look, Sarah, thank you so much for being on the Keep Optimising podcast. It's been, it's been awesome. You've given us such clear advice. Um, I know... Well, as we said a couple of times, I think most of the audience are now about to go and uh, go and reorganize their Facebook ads, which is awesome. That's what we're here to help them do. So, uh, so thank you, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me, Chloe. It was so much fun. Oh, I would, I would love to know how many of you have now run off to go and, or in fact, right now as you're listening to me restructuring those Facebook ads, sorting out so you've got fewer campaigns giving the algorithm time to really drive you those results because there's there's so much in it. And what what I love about it is that kind of Facebook's on your side with these things. If you set it up right for Facebook, it will deliver you good results. And if you do that as well, it makes the campaign so much easier to manage. Well, look, you can get the links to everything we discussed and the full transcript of this episode, the important notes we've made about the episode and a link to get hold of your hands on that report as well, which has got some really cool stats and some other advice too, which we didn't have time to get into today. You can get all of that at keepoptimizing.com, which is spelt with an S, not a Z. When you get there, click the link to find the show notes, then you'll find this episode. Now, as part of your my mission, even not your mission, my mission, as part of my mission to help you improve your marketing, I've invited all of our online advertising specialists to join us for a Q&A webinar at the end of the month. So if you're now looking at your Facebook campaigns going, I'm not quite sure which ones I should keep, which ones I should go, how, how, how tidy should I make it, what should I do here, then come along to our Q&A webinar. It's live. You'll get the chance to ask our specialists what they think you should do. So you can ask your individual questions. Or if you want clarity on anything we've spoken about today or in any of our other episodes this month, then again, you can get those questions answered too. Get yourself registered for the webinar by going to keepoptimizing.com where you will find all the details, when it's happening, how to sign up. And even if you can't make the time uh, that we're, we're running it, if you really want something um, something answered, then drop me an email and I will um do my best to get your question answered too. Plus, if you sign up for the uh, the webinar, then we'll send you the replay as soon as it's ready to, which is usually about half an hour, 40 minutes after we're live. Because, you know, I don't want you to have to wait around for this great info. Um, oh, and if you want to email me, just reply to the email you get confirming you've signed up to the webinar and we'll, we'll get that will make its way to me. Now, if you're listening to this after the webinar happened, then yes, you too can get hold of the replay. Just go to keepoptimizing.com, go to the webinar page and you'll find a link to it there. Thank you again for tuning into this episode of the Keep Optimizing podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, then do make sure you tune in next week when we're again talking Instagram and Facebook ads, but this time we're going to be focusing in on the creative, the ads that are going to drive you the best results. 
We're doing all of that with Facebook ads genius, Kevin Arutia. It's already recorded, so I can 100% tell you that it is absolutely brilliant. You really, really do need uh, to listen in because it could make a huge, huge difference to the performance of your Facebook advertising activity. So make sure you tune in again next week. And if you know other marketers who are trying to improve their Facebook and Instagram ads at the moment, who want to make sure that they're doing the right things this coming quarter to make sure they make the most out of the Christmas, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, et cetera, et cetera, opportunity then tell them about the show because I'm creating it to help you and them to improve the performance of your marketing. So let them know about it so they can tune in as well. Have a great week and make sure you listen to our next episode so I can help you to keep optimizing your marketing. Access everything Keep Optimizing at keepoptimizing.com. That's with an S, not a Z.